Okay, this is Coco Doll for White Hot Magazine podcast. The date is June 16, 2022. We are in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, New York. I'm here today sitting at 11 New York Gallery in Greenpoint to interview artists Nicole Ruggiero and David Henry Nobody Jr. within their respective exhibition installations. And I'm the curator. Hi, Nicole. Hello. Hi, David. Hello. So I'm going to introduce uh, the artist briefly. Nicole Ruggiero is a 3D visual artist whose work concentrates on tech and culture. She was one of the first people on foundation in late 2020. In 2021, she was invited to speak at NFT NYC. Her solo show at 11 Year Old Gallery presents her portrait installation titled How the Internet Changed My Life exhibited last year at the Museum of Kunsthalle Düsseldorf. This installation involves VR, AR, and a series of six in individual portraits of characters and their relationship with the internet. The viewer is invited to playfully enter the VR spaces imagined for each portrait by the artist, either smashing uh, cakes or surfing and all sorts of uh, playful activities. Um, then we have David Henry Nobody Jr., who's a New York-based multimedia artist working in performance art, video art, and NFTs. Over the years, David has gained a large following on, on social media, presenting his performance and print works, using himself as a canvas, creating disturbing expressions, shock full of sarcasm. His site-specific installation for the gallery Upside Down World uh, at 11 Year Old Gallery, uh, the title is Upside Down World, uh, curated by yours truly also, is an invitation for the public to participate and insert themselves into the room of a cybernetic butler avatar. It is composed of five new NFT videos and is an imaginary tableau of the character's subconscious nightmares and fantasies. The viewer is invited to take selfies, play in an upside down room. All right, so I'd like to start by saying that uh, both your opening events uh, together was fantastic. Last week, uh, there was a sense of community in the crowd. Uh, you each had your collaborators uh, present at the opening and they had participated in a larger team effort to make this happen. I mean, we've been working on this show for quite a few months. Uh, so, do you want to talk a little bit about your building up to this opening moment and your processes? We'll start with uh, Nicole. Yeah, so, um, God, so much went into this project. Um, we have been working on it for, you know, four years since 2018. And it started with portraits. I flew around and took people's portraits. Um, you know, focusing on their stories about, um, you know, their identity with the internet and their personal identities um, offline, but how they carry uh, the internet with them. So started out with the portraits and then um, always knew I wanted to do like um, an interactive component. So we did a few different vignettes, uh, VR, AR, and a website that go along with the six portraits. So we have a six little vignettes um and i worked with uh the glad scientist and dylan banks on the vr which uh was 
you know, quite the undertaking. We um, started off making it for the Magic Leap headset, and then we had to port it over to the Oculus Quest because uh, Magic Leap, uh, you know, the company kind of went down a little bit. But um, yeah, so so that was, you know, it, it's just been a really huge process doing all of that, getting that done, and then, um, you know, getting it to work in the in the space too presenting it to the public I yeah mean, this show was previously seen i mean exhibited at the kunsthalle Düsseldorf in germany so i was very pleased to bring it to new york city and in that space and in parallel we have upside down world by david henry nobody jr thanks coco and thanks nicole oh, good to hear about uh your your project really enjoy it um upside down world uh is um, <clears throat> uh, four videos that were made on a massive uh, uh, wooden and steel wheel that I engineered and fabricated in my studio. Um, the I, And then basically I wanted to show, in a sense, uh, my intuition was to show upside-down performances in an upside-down installation in the gallery. Um, I've had this idea in my back pocket probably for a few years, and I was like waiting uh, for for the right moment and felt like a, a lot of uh, trust of um, <clears throat> the gallery um, and also the curator Coco Dahl who trusted me to do something like this wild and crazy not easy to pull off um, but um, it's a really brand new project this is not like years in the making I kind of um, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I materialized it in the la in the really in the past four four months uh, uh, with like crazy amounts of labor and experimentation. It was essentially, for lack of a better word, it was like a lot of intention, but also a lot of crapshoot. Like any any uh, creative project, um, first we got the wheel working in the studio, and um, I was upside down so many times that my eardrum started to bleed. I uh, had to Google that to make to make sure I was okay. You it's were actually to the wheel. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, the, the gigantic wheel. Yeah, I wanted to. I've made upside down pieces before in the past. Uh, if you look at my sort of NFT repertoire of, of performance videos, um, but I wanted to like kind of take it to to a new level. Um, so the wheel we were able to, uh, and I had a, a team of people that I hired that was working. They were amazing, um, uh, and we were able to strap performers, sets, uh, liquids, uh, all kinds of stuff to the wheel and turn it and uh, upside down. Um, yeah, you even asked me to be one of your models. Yeah. I refused to be upside down yeah. before the show. <laughs> well, frankly, I was a little like, I'm no spring chicken. And like, I was like, wait, is this okay? But actually it was fine. I found um, being upside down to be extremely meditative um, after a while. Um, for, for as weird as the show is, I actually want, intended it to be quite meditative and the sound was built like in the edits uh, to be like very, uh, to have a lot of like watery noise. Uh, it's like kind of the, the stream of life itself like going through us to me. But I think being upside down um, was, is also getting into weirder territory. It's kind of like going back to the womb or something. You, you become totally disembodied and you're dis disassociated. Like you, you can't, you lose all control. Um, from there, uh, uh, I, I collaborated with a, um, a major uh, set designer and builder, old friend Jesse Kaufman, to build an upside down 
room in the gallery to show the works um, and uh, that was also like extremely challenging and I'm thankful for his brilliance because he prefabricated and foresaw so many things that I, I would have figured out probably two last minute. So between all this stuff, it really came together. Um, yeah. Yeah, thank you uh, for that. Talking about being tumbled and upside down, how do you feel about the crypto market right now, both of you? I mean, it's been intense this past week. Uh, I know we've been conversing about it. Uh, I mean, Takashi Murakami just made a very sorry public apology to his collectors online on Artnet. Uh, when his work is now available at two ETH on OpenSea. Apparently, one of his early bidders bid it at 144 ETH. So whatever, that's a big drop. So um, I wanted to address the fact that uh, although in your shows, we have very, very affordable NFTs sort of priced like so reasonably, and we sold already a couple of Nicole's pieces. Um, we're going to do a drop for David during our brunch event next week. Um, so how do you feel about that? You want to talk together or separately? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were talking about this a little earlier, yeah. uh, but, um, I mean, I think a lot of us kind of were anticipating this, but I don't think we anticipated it to drop this low, it, like it to go this low or like, at least I didn't, um, or, like, maybe I imagined it, but I didn't know what it would actually feel like, you know? Um, and it's rough. Um, I think that, you know, there's a lot of speculation here. So it's kind of about, I think, um, you know, thinking about, like, where ETH can go in addition to, like, what it val what its value is right now and kind of um, picking a price that, like, isn't too low in, in dollars, but isn't like outrageous in ETH if you're selling your pieces in ETH. Um, you know, because I think most of us are confident that like the market will eventually go back up. But, um, you know, right now, especially artists who are doing this for, for their income, um, it's not the easiest time. Oh, yeah. yeah, I guess it isn't. I mean, although I just bought an NFT, I bought one of the first edition of the Lindsay Dye portrait. And yes, it is affordable. It was uh, 0.18 or 0.2 something. Yeah. So, yeah, David. Uh, I have a lot to say on this. You have a lot to say. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I made the upside down world in installation like because I felt the world turning upside down, including this, you know, what's happening now. I think ever since, honestly... Uh, ever since Putin invaded Ukraine, I just felt like the world had been has been turned upside down. And it's like a kind of a, a massive uh, cultural crossroads. Crypto, it represents like the sort of like almost, um, it's almost like an ap apocalyptic news cycle uh, view uh, and viral view of, of reality where it's like super bipolar. Everything's like one, zero, up and down. I, in my installation and on the wheels, in the wheel, I try to sort of portray like the cycle that I feel that's happening. I kind of try and take like these large themes and, and they're just educated guesses of like large paradigms and kind of personalize them and, and like take them on in my work. Yeah, a lot of people are also opening on say, Tesos blockchain also. There's a lot of projects now. Tesos is really booming. Um, all right, let's go back to the uh, exhibition uh, themes where notions of identity construct uh, lives both in your work 
um, both of you, you start not from, I mean, there's the digital space also, but you start with the body in space. Both Nicole was the portraits and also David was itself portraits. So while you explore different mediums and means, uh, it all starts with the body. Can you both uh, talk about this, Nicole? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because um, I think like the overall largest theme of my work is um, kind of like how we're almost like disembodied on the internet. Um, but then we take that into like physical reality and, and we keep that identity with us. I mean, most of us do, some of us don't, but um, you know, it, it's at, at the very least in the back of your head, if it's not outward. Um, but I, for, for how the internet changed my life, um, it was really focused on people who do this outwardly, who have a strong identity online and carry that over to their physical reality. So I started off with these portraits and um, composited it in the internet, which is the personification of the web um, as a person. And it looks different in each portrait. Um, but then uh, at the same time, you know, you're looking at these images and, uh, you know, doing the AR and the VR um, and on the website. So it's like you're experiencing the Internet uh, or people's stories of the Internet um, in this physical space. Uh, but like you yourself kind of feel disembodied, uh, especially in, in the VR where you're using your hands uh, instead of controllers and interacting with these digital objects. But you have no, no real sense of where your body is in space. Um, but you're like physically at the gallery and I think it's really cool to, um, you know, experience that at the gallery specifically because, um, I think in your home, you feel a little bit more comfortable at the gallery. It's like really that feeling of like, oh wow, like, uh, I can't sense where my body is. You feel a little nervous. Uh, and it's really like, uh, hitting that home of like when we're online, we aren't usually paying attention, that much attention to our bodies. You know, it's very, a very mental activity. Uh, at least right now. Um, so, you know, that was, uh, I really wanted to document um, these stories and, and this time um, of the internet. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, very true. Um, sure, and I have a lot of parallels to that. I mean, the name, the character David Nobody doesn't mean low self-esteem, but I suppose there's a pun in that. I, I, there's always a self-deprecating, humorous self-deprecating aspect to my work, but uh, nobody actually means not having a body, much like what Nicole is saying. I think that uh, like when you're on your phone, um, uh, you become completely disembodied, uh, like we're sort of like digital ghosts or something. I think artists like me and Nicole are like kind of wondering where humanity is going and what we're becoming. Um, you know, like, are we someday going to be like the science fiction movies, like when we're, we don't have a body at all and you're just like a free-form consciousness? Like, are we actually just going to become AIs or something? I think, you know, a, a lot of the contemporary artists who are dealing with this kind of are presupposing and kind of deconstructing issues of this sort. Um, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I think that... Uh, you definitely, uh, I mean, the internet is a bizarre medium. I mean, like I often say, it's the first medium that looks into you more than you look into it by far. There's never been anything like it. And I think that this has a, a, um, 
a big effect on our emotions and how we think, much, much more so uh, than we realize. I, I agree with Nicole what, what she said about that in the gallery you, you become more, more conscious of the process. And that, that is one of the, the values of like for an, a really more pure NFT digital artist like yourself to like show in a gallery is that these, the processes are exposed and taken apart. Um, so yeah, m many thoughts on this, but those are some. Yeah. Yo, fantastic. We love to see the work in space. Uh, experiencing it live is really something, uh, really like Nicole says, uh, where you're disembodied um, within the VR, tried it myself, and David's installation is just like, wow, you get in there and then you're Your feet are upside down. Yeah, I kind of like, it's almost like a, I know dysmorphia is a negative word, but for me, it's like a, a complete, like, uh, like your, your body sense is scrambled. One other thing I would bring up too is, is that Jung said, uh, we don't fear our souls, we actually fear our bodies, like the animal part of yourself. So mm -hmm. there's kind of a tension between like uh, the sort of the technology and our animal selves, kind of. Uh, yeah, and actually to go beyond this exhibition, now that you talk about you know, reference to Jung, I wanted to make a reference to Marjane Mogadam, who's a pioneer NFT artist. She's been in the space for quite a while. She's pushing the envelope also like with, uh, you know, uh, making sure that women are visible in the, uh, in the Web3. Uh, she's quite an activator. She has a series of glitch goddesses, and now she launched a glitch god that was on Quantum. So she spoke about, uh, in, in her Twitter space with Quantum a week ago, she spoke about, she's very articulated because she's a, a scholar herself, an educator and a teacher. She spoke about the history of new media when There's a new media coming on a, in, a, in the history of art, whether it could be the you know oil painting or I guess photography and now NFTs. Uh, it seems that uh, from what she says, there's three natural evolutionary stages and processes for a new media to you know integrate the art, and it always starts with toys. Then it goes to magic. There's different stages, and the third stage would be uh, to become art. So. I wanted to ask Nicole and David, what do they think about these three stages, processes from toy to magic to art? Um, yeah, I think uh, for, for me, like I'm looking at this in like a very digital 3D context. And um, I think my experience with 3D is um, that like it was very much like both like a toy and magic at the same time I think but I think like the learning curve for 3D is um a little bit like tougher than um you know perhaps you know like just making a painting because you have to kind of like learn the UI and figure out how to use all these programs um actually I have a book right here that's about let me uh pull it out uh called art in the afterculture by ben davis and um he kind of talks about uh ai um you know being this novelty and um basically like it's it's just like the algorithm itself like you know doing gan or or you know a lot of people are messing with dolly um and like mid journey and, and stuff like this right now um but like 
it's it's more of like a I don't even know if you want to call it a collaboration uh, with the AI because you are you know giving it prompts, but it's creating the work. And um, there's a lot of arguments in in this book about uh, whether or not you know that's art in an art historical context because uh, for instance, like with abstract art, uh, there's like so so much uh, that goes into um, like the art history dialogue and discourse of of what made abstract art what it is in history uh, and the AI is kind of completely removed from that discourse and just creating things that look look nice um, so it's, it's really something interesting to think about because right now I think you know AI and, and GAN especially are uh, very like toy-like very magic-like uh, and I, I'm curious to see uh, you know where that specifically goes in the future as well interesting David, what's your take on that? Um, I would just add one thing that, uh, that I would like to read that book. Uh, I'm very interested in AI theory. Um, um, I kind of wonder if um, AI will become or is becoming more creative than we are. Um, it's kind of, that's wild. But I think that the one thing that, that, you, that could be picked up from the, the structure and the history of, of art, and it's like a 50,000-year-old dialogue since they were that we know of since we found uh, cave paintings like in, in Europe and stuff that are 50,000 years old um, is the idea of a, a simulation of reality. And I see the internet like a, a painting is and a drawing or a sculpture is, is a reproduction or simulation of reality uh, using my own terms here a little bit. But uh, the internet for me is comes also from art, not just from computing, because art deals with the visualization of reality. So you're kind of, it's, the internet to me is, and AI also too, are these very abstract uh, uh, simulations of reality. I think the internet is uh, like the, the most amazing, interactive, ongoing, dynamic, like portrait of humanity ever. It's like a kind of collective, collective conscious unconscious, basically. And for me, as a performance artist, I kind of, wonder like why would I make a painting when it's so easy to step into the painting you know <laughs> I, that's what I do in my work uh, tough one to sell on the internet to the trolls uh, recently but um, uh, that's that's my idea but I, but um, but I think that uh, yeah I mean I think that the, the the all those terms that Marjan came up with are, are great um, um, I have always approached art in a very sort of gamified and like Rea uh, reality, uh, mimicking video games, um, becoming more simulated and, and intermixing now with, with AI and, and uh, the internet is, I don't know what's real and what's not anymore. And I think it's going to get even trickier, but I think it's very juicy for creativity. Yeah, and both your exhibitions here together are quite stunning. They, uh, they, um, they work well together as an ensemble of uh, different ex experiences and expression within the uh, digital and physical space. I think they're both very unique uh, exhibitions in New York at the moment. We talked about that. Is anyone else doing this in New York, Nicole? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't There's know, all, screens I don't know all of the events, but, um, I mean, I haven't seen too many just like actual like gallery exhibitions right now. It's a lot of like activations and events and like yeah. pop-ups and stuff like that, but, but for a NFT, lot of screens for yeah. NFT NYC upcoming. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I, right. I don't know the full breadth of everything that's being shown, but I, I feel like 
after the opening, I really know, I know that like we're showing a lot of leadership uh, with this exhibition, these two exhibitions, the juxtaposition of people, uh, two artists from, who are from different generations uh, and are, have very different experiences, but have an interesting commonality that's been enhanced by you, Coco. You made more conceptual bridges um, that, that we saw in each other when we met through the NFT scene in the last year. But I feel like we're showing like an interesting leadership in how you know, NFT is at a crossroads between the 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 ETH being you know uh, up and down like crazy and not doing so well, and uh, I think everybody wondering where do we go next. So this is our answer. Yeah, maybe we come back to the gallery space too. Don't forget the gallery space. It's important to show in public and in person. Now that we also passed the major COVID uh, wave of what? How was? It, how long was it? Two years? Three years? I mean, the show that you had at Constal uh, Dusseldorf, you couldn't go because of COVID. Yeah. You couldn't attend. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and the, that's... This is the first time we've been able to, like, be in exactly. space together, uh, in a physical space together, and not, like, completely paranoid, you know, yeah. that you're going to get sick. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's numerous crossroads, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Should we wrap it? Discuss the, the oh, date of the... The brunch? The, yeah, the brunch. Yes. Yeah. We already... Oh, I mean, we've sold out so almost. I and mean, we have over 400 <laughs> RSVPs. <laughs> but anyway, yes. Yeah. So it's... Uh, Hopefully half full show because there's a lot right, of events during NFT. And right. Uh, Thursday, June 23rd from 12 to 5. Uh, we're doing a brunch, artist talk, and then just hanging out. And NFT drop as well, and uh, right. for, uh, David and also Nicole's. I mean, you know, we'll do a presentation of her portraits. Yeah, I'll be dropping the fifth piece that's not minted on Foundation because the four wheel pieces are one are one of ones on Foundation in a special collection. Um, but the fifth piece was not made on the wheel, and it's thirty. It's my character being um, uh, pelted with thirty thousand pennies. Um, so I'm going to do a large edition drop at the NFT NYC brunch that we're having. I'm excited for this one. I'll definitely get one. Um, so on that note, uh, thank you for listening. This was uh, Coco Doll, Nicole Ruggiero, and David Henry Nobody Jr. for White Hot podcast um, in June 2022 in New York. And uh, see you soon. We'll hear you soon. Do you want to start it? No, no, no. So, yes. Thank you for listening. Nicole is going to make the announcement for our brunch event next week with the details. Yeah, so the brunch is on uh, Thursday, June 23rd from 12 to 5. We're almost sold out already, but uh, we're very excited about that. Um, and yeah, I think we want to discuss where you guys can find our NFTs. Um, mine are available on my OpenSea, the collection, How the Internet Changed My Life. They're all 10 of 10s. Um, been selling pretty well already. Uh, 0.18 ETH each, so they're pretty affordable. Uh, go check them out. And then David. Um, I have um, four one of ones of, of, the, of the wheel performances um, available on Foundation. Um, and then, uh, I'm going to do a live drop of the fifth piece, which is not made on the wheel, but it's, uh, uh, me being pelted by 30,000 pennies. So I'm going to do a large, uh, penny stock type, uh, addition on OpenSea, and we're going to drop that at the brunch.